All right. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Rad Life Podcast. And today I have another very special guest. I say that about every guest, but it's true about every guest. So I would consider Kyle an automotive expert now. I don't know if that's true. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing all right. I'm far from an expert, but I have opinions. <laughs> that's all that matters. As long as we have some strong opinions. Um hot takes and all that. So Kyle and I know each other from undergrad. We both studied chemical engineering at the University of Michigan. Um, Kind of went different ways. I work in nuclear. Now you work in the automotive industry. And today we'll be talking a little bit about that automotive industry. Um, So I guess, how'd you get your... Did you want to start in the auto industry? Absolutely not. The automotive industry is... uh... It's a different animal. It's very cyclical in nature. You have high times, you have low times, and you're very, uh, your job, your job is very dependent on the market for cars. Okay. So, I mean, you didn't want to be there, but are you happy at the moment currently with where you're at? (laughs) I mean, they just announced bonuses. So yes, I am very happy where I'm at. There you go. That's, you know, we got to work for paychecks. That's what happens. Here's the money. (laughs) <laughs> exactly so a little bit of a running joke has been uh for the last couple episodes has been what's your favorite pop tart we're trying to i'm trying to get a pop tart sponsorship here so um, what's your brown sugar cinnamon uh you're very basic i see so mm-hmm. uh is this uh do you toast them like absolutely you gotta toast it if, okay it's not a pop tart if you don't toast it it's a cold, <laughs> it's a cold tart do you what beverage do you drink with your toasted pop tart coffee milk water black coffee black coffee that's the okay do you do you drink black coffee like all the time just with your pop tart like is it usually black coffee it's usually black coffee unless i'm feeling a little spicy and i get a cappuccino yeah i feel i'm the same way i whenever i brew my coffee here i it's always black i don't i mean I'm too cheap to buy creamer. Chelsea will attest to that. That's, she never drinks coffee, especially because we don't have any creamer. So uh, <laughs> she's like, how do you drink that crap? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to buy creamer. It's fine. I need the caffeine more than I need the flavor. But I do like black coffee too. So it's. I often tease her, like, do you want uh, some coffee with your cream and sugar? just based on how much she puts in it but uh so your strong opinions they're based around uh tesla the ev market or and possibly some hybrid technologies is that correct yeah so i think when tesla entered the market they actually became through the media and marketing strategies they used they actually just became everyone's favorite energy solution. Electric is the future because Elon Musk sent one to the moon. (laughs) Yeah, so my audience knows I have a strong opinion on Tesla. It's been uh, spoken about in a few of my previous episodes. But so do you think, do you like the EV market? What's like, do you like Elon Musk as a person? Do you like Tesla as a company? Do you... Like, 
do you think they you like them but think they're going about it the wrong way or just overall do you need to do any disclosures beforehand like you work for so I, I work for gm that's the only thing i have to say i'm legally required to say that so all of these opinions are based on the fact that i work at gm now and that um, means these opinions are your own and not general motors either right that is correct <laughs> um so anyways tesla as a company they are very good at what they do they sell a product, they market it well, and they create their demand, right? Mm-hmm. They have quickly become like a monster in the automotive world, just solely off of marketing, which is very impressive. And yeah. that has forced other OEMs into the electric vehicle market, right? Because now right. Ford has electric cars, GM's releasing electric cars. Like, I feel yeah. like we, uh, I'm hearing about a new electric launch all the time so it's there was so many i know you're not that into the stock market but there's so many new brand new electric cars coming out like companies that they didn't even have a car yet and they were just marketing themselves as an electric car company and they had like billions of hundred billion dollar evaluations so it's just yeah it's just all you need is an eccentric personality and an idea these days Get you get people to invest in you, and then pull figure it out from there. (laughs) Or pull, or figure it out. Yeah, one of the two. Pull the rug, figure it out. I don't know. (laughs) You'll have some mad investors if you pull it out. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, actually, Tesla is valued as the most valuable auto uh, company there is. Uh, Is that isn't that a little crazy? Yeah, it's super crazy. I mean, they've been around for less than 20 years. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> like, how does one guy create a company that just... And the only reason he made Tesla was to fund SpaceX. And, like, that was, like, <laughs> adamant, like, through the early stages. And now it's just this juggernaut that everyone wants to be and everyone wants a piece of. Yeah, in terms of so, like he basically single-handedly pushed the auto environment to electric vehicles. But my opinion is, I don't even think there's like interested consumers for this market. Just based on like, I don't think people want it. I think it's just the overarching narrative that's driving these companies to doing it. Well, I mean, I can agree with that statement, but the issue is they still have sales. You still have the people who have too much money that are just throwing money into these EV projects because it looks good. Like, oh, look, I'm helping the environment, which that's not even true because we're very far away from clean energy at this point and we get electricity from burning coal. So what are we, what's the net gain of using an electric vehicle? Yeah, there's these funny videos on the internet of someone pulling out a diesel generator out of the trunk of the Tesla to be able to plug their Tesla in to charge it. And there's all the fumes coming out of the diesel generator. And it's like most of the value in the car is put in the battery pack. Like you're buying a car for $80,000 and that battery pack probably costs $50,000. Like it's insane. Do you think if like research and development continues and battery technologies continue to improve that 
um, the battery price and battery production costs could go down, bringing the whole value of the car down? Like, do you think that could be viable? Um, I don't think batteries are going to get cheaper. That's my issue. It's because the current battery technology we have now is expensive and it's also super harmful for the environment to dispose of. Like if it goes, you can't just throw a battery in a landfill. I thought, you know, you put, I thought you put your battery in the ocean for the electric eels to charge. Yeah. That's actually why there are electric eels, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) They used to just be like spineless uh, sharks. (laughs) So in terms of like the energy and saving the environment angle, the electric vehicles aren't actually that positive. I'd I'd say they're worse because you're getting the same amount of emissions, yet you're adding a factor that you can't control, which is the battery disposal. Like there's a video in, uh, I want to say it was Ireland. This guy, he had a Tesla and he had to replace all of the batteries on it. They told him it was going to be fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, which Jeez. was about what he paid for the car. So he lit the thing on fire and he threw it off a mountain. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> That's crazy. I would want to see that video. That's insane. Um, my dad told me about it. I haven't actually seen it, but he's like, dude, you got to look it up. And I was like, what do I look up? Tesla um, in Ireland off a mountain I guess yeah I mean but yeah it's like if you run that battery pack into the ground the car is useless like you are now buying the equivalent of a new vehicle and you're very limited to where you can even travel like if you want to travel if I wanted to drive to New Mexico right now Austin I would have in what would you say a range of an electric vehicle is like a high-end one? Aren't they like 300 miles or so? I thought that was uh, the high-end ones. Okay. But so let's look this up. New. Yeah. New Mexico, Mexico to Michigan. I think it's like a thousand miles. Uh, you'd need to at least refill a couple times. And like, well, and refilling takes how long? Right. That's another big problem. The fastest battery charge that they currently are talking about is 15 minutes. Yeah. And if you have to stop twice as much to, uh, for a 15 minute fill up, you're adding adding hours. Yeah. That's, uh, it is 1643 miles from Michigan to, uh, New Mexico. Jeez. I I don't think I've ever looked that up. That is that's a lot of miles. Yeah, you'd be tra- you'd add like an extra hour and a half on your drive just charging your uh <laughs> charging your electric car. And they're not and all charging Think space. about it. You're driving through Illinois, Missouri, and Oklahoma. What yeah. are the chances you're going to run out of gas in a highly populated city with a charging station? No, you're <laughs> going to run out in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> you're gonna be out of electricity and yeah out of luck <laughs> yeah then you have to call a tow truck to drive you to the nearest city so you can charge <laughs> and then yeah. the whole let's go all electric are you gonna call an electric tow truck how, how is that gonna work well just uh because no one really talks about the mining equipment needed to 
bring these like rare metals out of the ground. Those are like some that heavy machinery is giant diesel gas powered like just uh excavators. Then you're not gonna have electric excavators getting that stuff out. You can't get the torque. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you physically cannot get the power you need. <clears throat> so like Oil and gas is not going away. We're not running out. I don't care what people say. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Peak oil back in the 70s. We were running out of oil back then. Yeah. It's 50 years later. We still got oil. (laughs) Right. Exactly. More of it than we know what to do with. (laughs) It's the... uh, the environmental prospect, I think, is way overblown by proponents of the electric vehicles. Like that is if, all marketing. Because if electric vehicles could stand on their own in terms of quality without needing the environmental angle, it'd be a different aspect. But it's pretty much just think deeper. It's a bunch of lies. It's not good, better for the environment. I mean. <laughs> yeah. And like I was having a conversation with my cousins about this. And they're like, well, no, like it has to be at least somewhat better. Otherwise, it wouldn't sell them. And I was like, no, a marketing team is telling you what to believe. <laughs> like right. marketing runs the world at this point like the last two companies i worked for there was the head of the companies were in marketing and everything was driven from marketing down to r&d and engineering where we'd have to figure it out <laughs> yeah that's i mean it's all about the narrative and the media and how it's a push because tesla itself was basically able to fund itself through su- uh, government um, subsidies for their environmental. Like they sold green credits to the other auto industries is basically how they... Yeah, they, they sold... Were... Chrysler was buying it for yeah, Chrysler a long was... time. And when Chrysler, Chrysler stopped put... buying it, Tesla stock took a major hit. Yeah, because Chrysler is putting Hellcat engines in their minivans. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Literally Dodge almost put uh, Chrysler out of business because they couldn't meet government standards. (laughs) Yeah, so in terms of like technological, like, I guess, progression, what would make sense to me is... You got the intern. If you were progressing to electric vehicles, just say it was futile and they're going to happen, whatever. That's progress. That's a hell of an assumption, but let's just make that assumption for now. It seems like the progress would be internal combustion engine to hybrid to electric vehicle, but we kind of skipped the hybrid phase all altogether. Like, well, and I, I honestly think the high, well, there are hybrids on the market, right? They just yeah, never but, really became popular. The most popular hybrid on the market was the Toyota Prius, right? Yeah. When I think of hybrid, I think of Prius and nobody wants a Prius. Like I no, couldn't, yeah, think, no one wants a Prius. Like uh, I couldn't you, you've seen the other guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this thing looks like a tampon on wheels. Like, right. yeah. Like, um, they never made a good looking hybrid. In I mean, I can't name another hybrid, honestly. I don't know. Ford C-Max. Okay, see, like, these things just never caught on. I feel like... Well, it's, yeah, because it's not flashy. It's not sexy. It's not marketable, right? It's not Elon you... Musk. Right. 
who is flashy and sexy all together, you know? <laughs> no, he's something. <laughs> so you think you're a big proponent of hybrids, right? You're, you're Yeah, I honestly think hybrids were the ideal solution. You use a little bit of gas, you get the wheels moving, and then you basically create your your own energy stores to get you the rest of the way. So it's like you're using significantly less gas. And they even make some that you can plug in if you really feel like it. So you can have reserve electric, you can have reserve internal combustion, and then continuously throughout the process, you're making and storing your own energy. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me because car batteries, like the starter and internal combustion engines is a battery. Like you start it with an electric starter and then pretty much as you're driving, it charges that battery for the next start. Yeah, Um, and then there's... Other like uh, like just up that technology from just the starter to like coasting on the freeway. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, think about uh, a water turbine, right? As yeah. the the water turns the wheels, and in this case, as gas turns the wheels, you're creating energy, and if you're trying to store that energy, and the issue is storing it efficiently, it always comes back to batteries and battery efficiency. And that's why batteries is going to be a huge market for the next, probably next hundred years. Next person who can figure out how to efficiently store energy, like through a battery and keep it stored for longer than uh, what we can store now, like they're going to be the next like Jeff Bezos, you know, preferably without using the toxic materials that they have the terrible minds in Africa for or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's hard to find materials that can even handle that. So unless it's made in a lab, you're not going to get out of a mine. Right. And that's kind of the issue. Cuz I mean everything right now is the cobalt, the graphite, the lithium like and you got to mine those in the mine conditions like those mines are tearing up the earth too like talk about environmental footprint (laughs) well yeah mining is not environmentally friendly at all but it's like you got to do what you got to do at this point right yeah i mean that's what everyone wants these electric vehicles what are they going to do how are they going to save the environment without ruining yeah right in terms of okay one good thing that i think's come out of this though like the electric vehicle thing is the shortening of internal combustion engine to ice i think that just sounds cool like <laughs> ice talking about it is that like a recent thing it's pretty recent i remember reading an article about tesla and electric vehicles for like my own stock research purposes and, was, and they shortened the internal combustion engine to ice and i was like dang that's actually pretty sweet dude uh, that's like that was in my gm orientation so i, was, I just thought it was a thing forever Oh, I don't know. I, I've recently come across it. So we're also chemies who don't deal with engines. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. I thought that shortening the, the internal combustion engine to ice was a really cool thing. And I thought it came out of the EV revolution, but maybe I'm just an idiot. That could be too. So <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone did it before EV was even around because someone didn't want to write down internal combustion engine. <laughs> right i mean before you didn't have to specify that it was an internal combustion engine in your car though because everybody just knew that cars were internal combustion engines that's true uh, in terms of 
hybrid technology. Do you think it's been abandoned? Do you think somebody's going to pull it back like to the forefront? What, like, what do you think the culmination of this EV revolution is? Do you think all these companies are going to switch to EVs and nobody's going to buy them? Because, I mean, I know a lot of these hillbillies out here in New Mexico need their trucks way out in the middle of nowhere. They're not going to want an electric truck. <laughs> I, I really haven't heard of any new hybrids coming out. And I know GM is uh, committed to go all electric, all autonomous in the next like five, 10, 15 years. Don't hold me to that. I forgot. I think it was by 2030 is what I, the news I've read, but that, that they, sounds right. So let's in the next loosely eight say 2030. Yeah. That GM is saying they're going to be all electric, all autonomous. And yeah, it's just a big thing at GM is currently the zeros, right? We want zero crashes, zero emissions, uh, zero uh, congestion, right? Right. So they're saying that autonomous would solve congestion, it would solve the crash issues, and then electric would solve the emission problem, which that's all great, right? Like that like sounds like a bright future that I want to be a part of. Sounds like there's a lot of assumptions in that, that A, autonomous solves congestion and crashes. Like, <laughs> Well, yes. And like, of course there are bugs in this where like, you know, autonomous vehicles, they don't, they don't have eyes, right? right? We have eyes that we program for them. And if we don't program them to know that when an EMS is coming down, they need to get to the right, there's going to be an accident, right? Right. So there's a lot of human error within programming yeah. autonomous. And the issue Oh, there's a lot of background noise, all right there. <laughs> yeah, I needed more ice. I've been drinking. <laughs> so uh yeah, so the the autonomous thing. So GM is trying to be autonomous too. Yes. Yeah, Tesla was and... trying. But Yeah, and so a lot of car companies are partnering with like uh, ride shares, right? And they're trying to create electric autonomous ride share vehicles. And it's, there's actually a, the first one was released in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Did it go over well? I Or is um, it doing okay? Do you know? The company is called Cruise. They legally cannot charge for their service at this time. They're in a testing phase. Okay. So in San Francisco, they have permission to basically have this autonomous vehicle pick up patrons and drive them where they want. Which, I'd be scared to ride in that thing, dude. Well, I mean, even when we were at Michigan, they had an autonomous bus. Yeah. They had an autonomous route. I'd still be scared to ride it. I don't know. I don't trust the yeah. program. I mean, you are at the will of a computer. Like, we are getting to, like, that smart house. Like, remember that old Disney Channel movie where the house becomes sentient and just tries to kill everyone? Yeah. Like, it's, we're giving cars that power almost, right? And it's, like, it's terrifying. But at the same time, it's going to be super convenient. Like, who doesn't want to take a nap on their way to work where they'll ca- where their car just drives them? Right. I don't think this – I think this new technology works well in congested cities probably. But a lot of rural and more suburb folks 
they're not going to adopt this as easily as I think the companies are thinking they will. So this is going to sound way out there, but have you seen the coronavirus special of South Park where they're all adults? I want to so bad, but I don't have the streaming service to. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll work on that, me and you, offline. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> part of the episode is um, Stan is driving back to South Park, right? Okay. And he I... basically takes a nap. Yeah. And he wakes up and like he's right outside the South Park sign. Yeah. Because the car drove him there because it's the future. <laughs> And he then gets up and he's greeted by Alexa, who is a person now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, a wheel just kind of pops out and he takes it and he drives through like the suburbs. Yeah. So like, I get that. Like, that's kind of where like electric makes sense. If you're going to be doing highway driving where everyone is going the same speed, it makes sense but as soon as you introduce a driver who is not autonomous a computer can't react to that right because the if everything's autonomous then it's a bunch of computers interacting with each other yeah i mean would it all be within the same so would it be a lot of individual with autonomousness is it is all the cars that are autonomous on the same link on like or are they individual localized systems? Um, they'd have to be individual localized systems, but they'd have to be able to connect and communicate with each other, right? So, like, your car is going to have Wi-Fi. Like, every like cars have Wi-Fi now. Yeah. That's now not- you're thinking yeah. our cars are going to be communicating via Bluetooth. Like, hey, there's a traffic jam up there. We should probably do something else. Right. It's just... It's one of those things where it's like, oh no, Big Brother has control of all of the cars. Like, <laughs> well, and it's it's not necessarily the government owning the cars yet, but you have a multi-billion-dollar company that basically controls your car, right? Which could be argued, multi-billion-dollar corporations could be considered worse at times than having the government do something, but yeah. I mean, so there's it's just like you're giving up a lot of autonomy that the your own car and your own driving gives for some convenience basically well, and i mean autonomous can also give you less emissions right even if your autonomous vehicle is internal combustion right allegedly it'll drive more efficient because it's not driven by a human it's driven by a computer so yeah, you're gonna make like super sharp turns and like super clean lines as you're driving through the highway there's going to be no traffic because hey the computer knows how to like get rid of traffic sounds good okay sounds too good to be true this whole computer is going to get rid of traffic thing kind of i want to argue on that assumption too just because traffic is there's a lot of people at one place that want to go somewhere else like i was just in vegas this last week and trying to get into vegas during rush hour or out of vegas during rush hour would probably be a nightmare and i don't see how a computer can solve just the simple mass flow calculation that is people want to leave like (laughs) and i think there's going to be some human like interference in that you know 
Like right. a lot of people are going to want to leave that between three and five o'clock. Is the computer going to understand the rush of people? Or is the computer going to be like, hey, maybe you should wait an hour? Right. And then you're like, well, I don't want to wait an hour, computer. Drive me home. <laughs> right. And so, yeah. if every car is like autonomous and then autonomous works flawlessly, there are no accidents, right? Right. So you don't have major traffic backups. What you're dealing with is lights, you're dealing with overflow, you're dealing with too many cars in one section, whatever, right? Right. So at that point, you're, I feel like if every car is autonomous, there are no stoplights. Cars just kind of know when to go. I could see it. I feel like that'd be scary. They'd be driving. Oh, it's terrifying. That'd be like one of those third world countries. Have you seen those intersections in third world countries where like they're all passing by each other at like insane speeds? That'd be, that's what I could, that's what I picture when you say that. I'm like, holy crap. So my first couple of internships and like my last job, I was in automotive interiors, right? Right. And the future of the automotive interiors business has always been, we want to make the the inside of the car feel like you're sitting on your couch in your living room. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, are you still there? You cut out a little bit. Well, so in terms of, I guess, the interior feeling uh, comfortable makes sense and why that would be uh, useful for the future of the automotive interior businesses. The more comfortable a car is, the more likely people want to buy it and sit in the, in the seats um Kyle did your mic got something happen to your microphone or your internet connection uh you cut out there for a second anyway just jumping I think where he's going is if things are autonomous the interior of a seat or the interior of a car doesn't necessarily have to be the seat like it is now because the car is driving itself. There's not a driver. Everybody's a passenger and you can change up a little bit of what the seating on the inside looks like and make it maybe like, just like your couch, buy a couch for your Tesla. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Install seats for your Tesla. Uh, Kyle. Oh, you reconnect. Yeah, I'm right. back. Sorry, All my right. dad called me and like it disconnected my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, what's the last thing you heard from me? <laughs> so, we were talking about, I kind of kept the train going about automotive interior, interiors. And you were saying that uh, the future is, you know, trying to make the couch or trying to make the interior feel like your couch on uh, the inside of your car, basically. Yeah. So, you go to any auto show and then that's been the way for the last 10 years it's like they're trying to bring your living room into the vehicle and right i think autonomous is really the next step that like we should be focusing on because until we get that flawless there's no point in like all right let's let's try to figure out electric and let's try to figure out autonomous let's combine them so we can double our mistakes yeah there's gonna be I feel like just having autonomous, there's going to be a lot of bugs in that system, especially when there's all the variables that not everything's uniformly autonomous. 
Okay. Right. And until everything is uniformly autonomous, I don't think autonomous is going to work. Right. And that's the real issue with autonomous vehicles, right? And and autonomousness to me would make more sense from a programming side of things that if it was a single like computer entity controlling um, all these like different moving pieces than trying to have like all these different pieces interacting together at once but well that is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) one mastermind computer you know right that thing would have to be it i it just from like a perspective of like moving parts and interactions of things it's like instead of everything trying to interact with each other then uh it's one thing controlling like keeping things straight but maybe i'm wrong on that that's just so let's think about this so the university of michigan has a supercomputer right right now how much energy do you think that supercomputer uses uh it's a lot because they limit our use on it so (laughs) but (laughs) yes um i had to use it for a research project and it was like hey use it sparingly right because super i just think the power of computing is going to keep getting better and better uh also like the cloud and all that stuff but in terms of like I just thought, like, in terms of working, moving parts where things could go wrong, it would be basically a computer, like, running a video game, basically, instead of... Oh, yeah. So one centralized network or whatever for autonomous would make more sense. It's just how much money does that cost? That'd be hard for wide adoption. I mean, there's a lot of issues. My... The angle I was thinking of was about moving parts in terms of things being difficult, like where mistakes could happen, I guess. Because every time you open up a a car having its own system and having to interact, you run into the issue of different sensors and everything could be off or Mm -hmm. a, a point of error, I guess. And then you just throw non-autonomous vehicles in there and you just add even more complications right but like let's let's say the master supercomputer falts out then you have then you have ever in the united states and more just crashing doing whatever so that's mass casualties whereas if you have individual um this is like getting like borderline AI conversation. I hope. Well, right. That. But I mean, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's but, trying to have their own AI. Well, yeah. But okay. So in terms of, I'm sure Amazon is trying to develop their own autonomous driving because they don't want to pay delivery drivers. It'd be nice for them to just have their vans go out without <laughs> needing, uh, needing to pay somebody to do that. Or like, they don't even have enough people to do that anyway. So Well, I mean, there's you have the autonomous vehicle. How are you going to drop off the package? Drone, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you have a drone that just flies back and forth, and you have a guy sitting back flying the drone. <laughs> autonomous drone. If you can figure out autonomous driving, you just put, like, little uh, uh, hovercraft 
like things on the box itself that just <laughs> a little uh, dude would you feel safe if you had a drone delivering your mail and there's just drones flying throughout the sky delivering mail all the time i don't know i would i don't think i'd feel safe if there's autonomous cars on the road everywhere either i'd be like what's that i mean that's do? a fair statement for now right yeah. but in the next hundred years maybe like they're gonna be like people used to drive these things <laughs> yeah i think that's i think that's the way we're going but i don't think i think it's gonna take a lot of convincing to get people in more rural areas especially with like the mass or like current events with what happened with covid there's gonna be a lot of people skeptical to give up their autonomous mobility for well and like we go back to the electric conversation right right you think about a farmer who lives in the middle of nowhere, who has to deliver his product. Right. How is he going to do such a thing? Not with what? What? vehicles. Not yeah, you can't what? find him on a map. An autonomous vehicle is not going to find him. Right. And having been out here to New Mexico and Nevada now, there's a lot of middle of nowhere. A lot more than I realized. <laughs> well, even in Michigan, there's middle of nowhere. It's, yeah, like it's, everywhere you go, there's gonna be a middle of nowhere. Right. Yours is just desert, so it looks worse. Right. You can see the middle of nowhere a lot easier because you can see for a hundred miles that there's nothing. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, so all right, trying to kind of switching gears, but staying on electric. I've heard. I don't know how true this is. Maybe you can help inform me that electric vehicles have more moving parts in them and require more maintenance. I didn't think that was true, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm not quite sure. My mind kind of goes to uh, watches. So if you think of a watch that has to be wound, think of that as your internal combustion, right? Right. So you have a spring that constantly spins that has to be rewound. Right. But when you have an automatic watch, your motion of every day yeah. actually spins the coil. Okay. So there's a, a lot more moving parts in that one, obviously, right? Right. So that's kind of how I feel electric vehicles kind of work. It's like, hey, you plug it in, something is getting charged, and then it's spinning another thing, which is causing your vehicle to move. Yeah. So... Uh, so was the conclusion of that yes electric vehicles would have more moving parts or less sorry i don't know we could google this this is a googleable question this yes but we have a couple of what... engineers sitting here we gotta speculate on things oh yeah if i had to speculate i'd say yes an electric vehicle has more moving parts whereas an electric internal combustion engine is pistons pushing and firing that are causing gears to turn right so in terms of so... maintenance, electric vehicles would have more costly maintenance Oh, 100%, because the batteries are the most the cost of the vehicle. We went over this earlier. Yes. All right. I've heard, are electric vehicles much heavier than ICE vehicles? Oh, absolutely. So the best example I can come up with is the Hummer. So the Hummer H1, this is like my favorite fact. <laughs> All right. Favorite fact coming at I you. I know. I need to like actually look it up. So the Hummer H1 weighed 8,000 114 pounds. Dang. Right? That big boy. 
The EV Hummer weighs over 10,000 pounds. Dang. And it's much smaller. And that's because it doesn't have an engine and it carries all of its battery packs underneath. <clears throat> so in terms of an electric vehicle hitting you, that's a lot more momentum. And they have to carry... Oh, absolutely. They got to carry around all that weight too. So electric vehicles probably go through tires a lot faster than regular cars too, too. Like I, um, I would have to guess so. I looked it up. The EV Hummer will weigh in about 9,046 pounds. So it is heavier than the old Hummer H1. And smaller in terms of overall dimensions. Like, yeah, the H1 was a monster. It's used exclusively as a military vehicle now. So, <laughs> so in terms of, I guess, so you'd go through tires a lot faster. You'd have to pay a lot more in maintenance. And you can't charge it places. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of downsides. Yeah. And I mean, oh, that's fun. It's uh, 800 pounds more than a a dual Chevy Silverado with four-wheel drive. Jeez, man. Yeah. So you got, like, there's a lot of weight there. Uh, So it's safe to assume that your tires will go faster, but it, I can't say for certain. I, I feel like that's a reasonable assumption. It seems like it with, like, you know, physics. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so, why doesn't somebody just put a solar panel on their car and charge their battery that way? What if it's cloudy? What oh. if it's night? Dang it. Yeah, Darn. so um, solar panels are purposely put in, like, deserts and sunny areas that get a lot of sunlight without a lot of like coverage or a lot of cloud coverage right right like new mexico yeah so new mexico is a great example there's a couple places in michigan where they have solar panels and it's like okay like are we getting optimal coverage here probably not but and it's the same thing with like a wind turbine it's like if you don't get enough wind it's just Wind energy blows. Yes. Yeah, because (laughs) that turbine will never create as much energy as it costs to make, you know? Right. And so in terms of, so do electric vehicles have performance differences based on temperature? Do, well, I guess, do internal combustion engines have a difference in performance based on temperature also? A little bit, but... I'd have to say at least a little bit, but I don't know the specifics. I mean, um, just because living in internal combustion engine won't start in the cold. I can't, well, but it won't I, start because the battery won't start it because cars are started based on the electric starter. Yeah. So I feel like the performance would be similar, right? So you have an electric starter in an electric vehicle and an internal combustion vehicle. So it's not going to start there. Um, if the vehicle's left on, you're more you're more likely for your vehicle to die if it's an electric vehicle. Well, just like internal combustion engines, they get really hot and they warm up. So even in a cold, they do produce their own heat. So it's so like they're warm themselves. It's just like coming from Michigan, you know, it's negative thirty out or something. You start your car in the morning because you don't want to drive it cold. You want to have it heat itself up do batteries heat themselves up or 
I've never heard of a battery that heats itself up. Well, but... like when you have your iPhone in your pocket and it gets a little warm on the charging station. I don't know. There's you put your iPhone in your pocket on the charger. No, <laughs> that's oh, a bold God. move. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Bad example. <laughs> I <don't... laughs> all right, Kyle. <laughs> you got me. You got him. <laughs> we got him. We got him. So, in terms of okay, how about? iPhone under your pillow on the charger because you sleep with it at night. It gets it's still a problem. <laughs> Why are you putting it under your warm. pillow? You're giving yourself brain cancer. <laughs> That's just my job. I get brain cancer alone. So what's a little fair bit, enough? A little bit extra. I never a little cancer never killed anyone. It was a lot of cancer. Well, so. that's fair. Okay. <laughs> So while we were doing this, I looked up electric vehicle performance in the cold. Um, electric car batteries work best between temperatures 40 to 60 degrees. Anything below 40, you're going to see a drop in performance. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, like walking around outside with my iPhone, not on the charger, just in my pocket. It dies fast, right? Yes. <laughs> so it would make sense that like, oh, crap, it's a Michigan winter. My Tesla ran out of charge halfway through without warning because battery just died without like, yeah and if your battery's too cold it's not gonna start you know so what? it's put a there's definitely a lot of trade-offs between the electrical and like internal combustion like factors you gotta put your blanket on your tesla and tuck it in at night to keep it warm for the morning <laughs> oh yeah it's got to go in a heated garage you know yeah if you can buy a tesla you can heat your garage spend more energy doing that <laughs> yeah literally i'm looking at my garage that's detached from my house that is cold as like <laughs> the outdoors so, <laughs> so in terms of business decisions pros for internal combustion or Let's just go with the uh, pros and cons for electric vehicles. We got pro, you feel good about like the thought of saving the environment. And that's like it. And the cool yeah. status symbol of having a Tesla. That's. Well, that's, it doesn't even have to be a Tesla anymore. Right. Ford makes an electric mid-sized truck. <laughs> Do you get the same amount of like towing power and stuff out of that? Like I don't. I, I have to look it up. So or that'd be pretty similar to the car you drive. You drive a Colorado, right, Austin? Right, yeah, I drive a Colorado. So the like Ford that. Maverick, I believe, is the same size. I thought I saw something where they discontinued their Mavericks or something. Or did they sell out or, like, I don't know. Something happened with the Maverick. I thought I saw a headline, but I don't follow I see it. one downtown Clawson all the time. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, the towing capacity is 2,000 pounds on the Maverick. That's, like, so nothing. It really isn't. Ford my, Ranger would be the equivalent, right? Yeah, my Colorado has like a 9,000-pound towing. Yeah, the Ford Ranger, which is a mid-sized truck, is 7,500 pounds. Yeah. So yes, you have a significant decrease in power. So the – And like – You're driving around for style points at that point. Like, you're not getting much, like, truck use out of it. You just have an electric truck. <laughs> yeah, you have a truck and you can maybe go to Home Depot and buy concrete, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's whatever. 
<laughs> so status symbol of having an electric vehicle, I guess, is that just yeah. Tesla is another pro. But there's not much else, I guess. So to put that in perspective, the the new Silverado has a towing capacity of nine thousand eight hundred pounds. Yeah. So my Colorado must be seven thousand. Also, I think it was. I knew it was like high thousands, but. Uh, and look up the Colorado. I should know that because I work on the Colorado. But yeah, you're, Colorado should be your baby. You should know this thing. Come on. It's 5,000 pounds. No way. Mine's a little more than that. I know it. Yeah? yeah. You, you often pull heavy things with your truck, Austin? <laughs> it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> Just... Uh, <laughs> He's flustered. I got him. <laughs> you got me. You got me. All right. So we're talking about. All right, we're wrapping up the EV conversation because we just fully said they're bullshit. They suck. Uh, do you have an opinion on Elon Musk at all, or do you think he just? I think he's a very eccentric personality, and I think he's very good at what he does. Yeah. I like funny memes, so he's fun. Uh, it's a fun guy, absolutely. Yeah. He had a good episode on Joe Rogan, but, uh, <laughs> but okay. Closing thoughts: We mentioned temperature performance. Are you a kind of guy that likes Celsius or Fahrenheit? I mean, Celsius you, has just always made more sense to me. If I'm being honest, I would have to disagree with you because our living temperatures are from zero to 100 in Fahrenheit. And that makes intuitive sense. 100 is hot and zero is cold. Like they're not much, that's our living range. That's where it makes sense. Zero to 100. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do I mean? Like the average temperature in the US. Like zero is freezing in Celsius, whereas 100 is boiling in Celsius. Yeah, it makes sense for water, but we're not, just pots oh so like 100 degrees fahrenheit is a livable temperature whereas zero degrees fahrenheit is a cold temperature right but that is still 32 degrees below freezing it is below freezing but like in terms of people's average experience with weather if it's zero you know it's cold and if it's 100 you know it's hot you know what screw it i prefer kelvin yeah well you're (laughs) try to be difficult at this point <laughs> well exactly dude i have four glasses of rye deep so yeah i get it talking <laughs> talk about electric vehicles needs that <laughs> uh, all right austin let's yeah. uh We're let's, let's talk about social issues How, what do you feel about the super super bowl the super bowl social i mean who's in it again oh yeah Who's the Bengals it? and the Rams. Oh, yeah. Yes. I know this. I'm saying Rams because Stafford has the leaving the Detroit sports team buff. You know, anybody that leaves Detroit is uh, always wins at the next place they go. That's, any no, good, that's not true. Well, any good, like, he was, like, Detroit holds on to him as, like, at least we have this good player, like, the Tigers with Verlander or the Tigers with Scherzer or 
I don't know. All right, stop flexing baseball knowledge. Like, no one gives a crap. All right. I'm going to tell you that Joey Burrow and the Bengals are going to win. And it's not because the girl I'm talking to wants the Rams to win. <laughs> are you putting any money on this game? Um, no, but there may be a bet between us two on that. Is this a bet you can share or no? I don't think I should. All right, then don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I will put money on the Bengals. All right, all right. See, I want Stafford to win because he spent so long cursed in Detroit, but I really don't want California to win, especially Los Angeles. Well, do you so see my, do you see I'm my, being really honest with you. Yeah. The defensive line of the L.A. Rams is going to destroy the Bengals' offensive line because it doesn't exist. Yes. So, in terms of, like, I want Stafford to win, but I don't want Los Angeles in specific to win. Whenever I see L.A. Rams, I just assume it means Los Alamos. That's – I I have to. The Los Alamos Rams, yes. It's, that is – it's the only the way sense. I can cope. It's the only way I can cope. So, mm. uh, so you got the Bengals. The Super Bowl is coming up in like a week from Sunday. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, anyway, at this point, Kyle's toasted. We're done. We fully debunked the electric vehicles and why they suck and why autonomous driving is scary and we don't want it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These are not my opinions, dude. What are you saying? <laughs> well, they got the full show of what your opinions were. Fair <laughs> enough. That's the conclusion. It's are four the o'clock on a Friday, and I'm borderline drunk. Those, so. are, the con- those are the conclusions I'm drawing. <laughs> so. And remember, these are not the opinions of myself or the General Motors company in general. Right. Full disclosure. <laughs> Rad life opinions, not general voters. Possibly Kyle's, but uh <laughs> just maybe. So at this point, remember to follow me on Twitter, follow Rad Life or at Rad Life Spotify on Twitter. Give this podcast a follow and a five star rating on Spotify. Uh come buy my artwork as an NFT on OpenSea.io. That's open sea.io. You can find me there as Rad Life Engineer. Uh, hope to have Kyle back again sometime. Uh, we could hear him getting drunk the whole time. See the progression. Maybe next time we'll just start that way. Uh, it's great talking to you. Share the link out and uh, see you next time. Bye. <laughs>